This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 10, Episode 15. This is Writing Excuses World Building Wilderness. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we are lost and cold. I'm Brandon. <laughs> I'm Howard. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. And we have once again special guest star Wesley Chu. Hello. Last time you are on, I didn't let you uh, pitch your books. Why don't you just tell us, not about the new one, which we're going to talk about later, but you wrote, what are you known for? Uh, I'm best known for The Lies of Tao, mm -hmm. which was my debut in 2013. And currently I have two books in the series out, Lives of Tao and The Depths of Tao, out and then I have the third book in the trilogy, The Rebirths of Tao, coming out. Just came out. Just came when out. When this is Aaron, it was the week before, probably. Yes, it just came out. So, you actually pitched this episode to us. You just went camping on Kilimanjaro. Yes. Which is totally daunting and awesome. Camping's probably not the right word for it, but <laughs> there was a lot of camping and not showering involved. And uh, you mentioned <laughs> that in a lot of uh, fantasy and science fiction books, People got to go on quests. They mm -hmm. got to leave and head out into the, the either the alien wilderness or the fantastical wilderness and things like this. And not a lot of people spend time as writers thinking about how that's going to be a really interesting part of their story. It's almost like as writers were like, we got to get through all that stuff because it's going to be wet and rainy and we know that. But that's going to be the bulk of a lot of these stories. And here we are not spending time world building it. Uh, well, what happened was um, I, I had, a, I think it was like day five of, of, of the trek up, up the mountain where I was sleeping in a tent mm. that was like a 14% incline. <laughs> so so mm. we showed a sleeping bag, which is you know, kind of slippery, yeah. and you, you fall asleep. I woke up in the middle of the night, literally because my, my tent, like my wife and I were, we slid down the entire length of the tent because of the incline, <laughs> and we were uprooting the thing because we were rolling on top of it. <laughs> And then that's when I was thinking, like, why does nobody in any of my books ever have this problem? Right. Yeah. <laughs> they all have, you know, in this. See, and that's a books. great. That's a great middle of Act Two, mm -hmm. uh, fail portion of the tri-fail cycle. You know, we're out here having an adventure, and what did we manage to do? We managed to roll downhill in a knot of nylon. <laughs> Well, and this is also when we're talking about the, uh, you know, back in the episode yeah. where we talked about character sliders, when you, you can do something like that to make your character a lot more sympathetic yep. because they're dealing with, they've, they're very competent in all of these other areas, but not sleeping on a 14% incline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really been interesting to me thinking about this episode, about how little we sometimes spend on the rest of the world. We talk about, you know, the, the civilization we're going to be spending it, but what's interesting? What you know? What what are what's it like in your world for people to sleep outside? If I, if I could like, make it like when I was packing for this trip, mm -hmm. and you know, there, there's a whole checklist of stuff you got to pack. I brought one roll of toilet paper. Okay, Twitter skewered me because they're like, "Who do you? Th what kind of hubris do you think you have? Only bring one roll of toilet paper?" And they were completely right. So, and I'm and. None of my characters have ever packed toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, or dealt with yeah. mm -hmm, in any way. Yeah. Which is fine with me. I'm completely fine with not reading that particular aspect. <laughs> I'm just going to say. But, you know, we, we talk about yeah. um, in, on the podcast mm -hmm. about how a small detail 
can make everything come alive in your world building and in your storytelling. Um, this is one of Dan's favorite things to talk about, is how if you can get one little thing right, everyone's gonna assume that the macroscopic scale is right. Mm -hmm. When it comes yeah. to world building, this is a perfect way to approach it. If they pack one specific thing that you're like, oh, if they're remembering to pack the toilet paper, then they've got everything else. Yeah. And when they pull out the thing that they really need, you know, the rock climber's hammer or whatever it is in your world they would specifically need, they're like, yeah, they packed the toilet paper. Of this course. is something that the, the, the author is thinking about yeah. what they would have you know, with them. And when you mention things like, like rock climbing equipment, that's a great way of adding competence to your character mm -hmm. as well. If they know that they're going to be going up a mountain and they can't just walk on top of snowdrifts like Legolas, <laughs> they're going to have some climbing gear. You know, and if they pack that in advance, then you go, oh, well, that's very clever of them. I think, were we, where were we, Wes, when you said you were going to Kilimanjaro? Because I remember talking to you. It was Confusion. It was, it was Confusion, was it, yeah. Um, no, it, but it was, was it Confusion a year ago? Oh, no. When you, well, because there was a time when you're, you said, you like just found out, hey, I'm going to go to Kilimanjaro. And I asked, well, how tall is it? And you told me, uh, and I kind of was afraid for you because I know what, those high altitudes can do. And this did not sound like a two-week trip. This sounded like something that you go and do and die. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, well, you're here. You lived. And that makes me very happy. Um, what, was, what was the change in altitude like? Well, I mean, see, so, so that was another thing I actually was thinking about is, is when I was, I mean, the altitude is 19,000 feet at the top. And at one point, and I think at, at around like 17,000 feet, you know, my, my resting heart rate was about 130. Mm -hmm. So my resting heart rate was usually at what I do when I work out. And, and I, I'm a culp I, you know, I, make, I make this mistake myself is, you know, when I have scenes where, uh, you know, my main characters are in some kind of like, you know, dangerous climate or you know, out in space or whatever, I might mention it, oh yeah, he's hard of breathing. And then that's mm -hmm. all I have. Right. And he mm -hmm. goes on with his, you know, his merry way. Right. When the in reality, rate. Mm -hmm. because of that, that should be affecting you every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my favorite sleeping outside scene is in the movie Lady Hawk, where it's raining and it's horrible, and the guy just leans down against a tree and pulls his hood over his head, holding his you know broadsword in his lap. The horse is not even unsaddled, <laughs> and it's just... I'm good for the night. And I think, no, every single possible thing you could get wrong, you just got wrong. That guy wouldn't be able to walk straight the next day. His yeah. sword would be rusted and ruined. The horse would be so mad and wouldn't let anyone ride him. You have to think about all these things to make it plausible. And the bugs. The, the bugs. <laughs> bugs. Yes. Yes, bugs and humidity. Ugh. One of the things that we did at uh, one of the Writing Excuses retreats um, it was at my parents' house, which is on 13 wooded acres. So, you know, I grew up in the woods a lot, and a lot of our writers are city folks. So we took them outside, and I took them to a fairly level straight section of the property yeah. in the woods, and turned off the flashlights, waited for the eyes to adjust, and I said, okay, now walk forward. Now, how do you think you would fare running through the woods in the dark? And they're all like, yeah, we would be dead. <laughs> Monster first, would eat us. First step, sprained ankle. Second step, contusion from hitting the tree. And, uh, and then the other one that we did was we had, and this is actually something I recommend you guys try because you can do this in, if you can find some place without a ton of light pollution, uh, but you go outside with a candle 
And mm -hmm. you, if you carry the candle in front of you, you are completely blind. It's the only thing you can see. So you have to hold it off to the side, and then you have to move slowly so the thing doesn't blow out. Yeah, I've seen um, a YouTube video that where a historian talks about torches and how you would hold a torch, which is away from your face behind you mm -hmm. so that you can see. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Not in front of you so that your face is well lit for the cameras. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Let's stop for our book of the week, which is... Wes's. The, the Rebirths of Tao. Tell us about this book. So this is the last book in the Tao trilogy involving Rowan Tan and his symbiotic alien Tao. Uh, it's been many years since the events of the first two books, and... Because I didn't kill enough characters in the first two books, we're going to tie everything together and they might or might not have a happy ending as the, alien, uh, the evil alien faction vies for world domination. Wonderful. That is fantastic. If you uh, go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse, you can start a free 30-day trial membership, but Rebirths of Tao might not be out yet, uh, depending on the date at which you're listening. But... The Lives of Tao and the Deaths of Tao are there. And, well, you wouldn't want to listen to Rebirths first. Of course, you can pick up, if you have listened to it, you go to go anywhere and grab Rebirths right now, which you should do. Thank you very much, and thanks for being on the podcast, Wesley. Thanks for having um, me, guys. Now, what I've been taking notes on here while we've been talking is things that our listeners, if they want to do a, some world building for their wilderness, might want to look at. The first one was, what do your characters pack? to go out in the wilderness. Um, yeah. The second one I said is, what, what is rough? What, what, living, going outside, what is dangerous or difficult in your world that's not in ours? Um, it, even if it's just that's so hilly that on a 14% incline, yeah, you could find that in our world, but it's not something someone will think about. Um, bugs, what kind of yeah. bugs and insects? What other things can we suggest How that big a- big are the mosquitoes on your planet? Yeah, what, what can our listeners, they're trying to write, a good wilderness. How much food do you need to carry versus how much food are you actually going to be able to forage? Mm. Uh, I took a wilderness survival class in Florida and I realized that, uh, boy, if I was in the right part of Florida, uh, I could go kind of as far as I wanted because I knew how to find lots of food all year round. I got to Utah and realized I'm a dead man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, They are completely different places. Yeah, that was that was one of the problems that I had with the Hunger Games. Actually, was that all of her wilderness experience was in a completely different geographic area. But you know, um, so one of the things that, but that actually it was something that she does well there is that her character had a lot of experience being outside. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I would also be looking at in addition to the wilderness is what is your character's relationship to the outdoors. Yeah, mm. because that's going to affect uh, the kind of blisters that they get, mm -hmm. how heavy the pack is, um, how much and uh, they're oppressed by the humidity. Like we're in as we are recording this, we are in Chicago, and it is seven degrees outside. 
on Sunday, and last week it was like negative something, Sunday we, my husband and I walked outside and said, oh, what a lovely day. It was 30 degrees. It's still below freezing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Now, a really extreme example of this is Dune, where the wilderness plays a huge role and their preparation for it plays a huge role. And it does talk about, you know, not just what do we pack, we need to have the still suit, but how do you put on the still suit so that it doesn't cause blisters? Yes. And all of these things. And so maybe because it's so extreme, you can kind of see the way that uh, he deals with all these different realities. Excellent. Uh, also playing into this would, of course, be your ecology, mm-hmm. um, which we haven't touched on, but is an important part of this. Um, I often say world building is the place where as a writer, particularly in science fiction and fantasy, I think you should be stretching the most. That doesn't mean you should, not, you should avoid writing the type of story you want to write. If what you want to write is an analog to something in our world, that's fine. But you should be pushing yourself to come up with things that are distinctive, interesting, things like the 14% incline, or going even further with a strange ecology and things like mm-hmm. this. There's a reason why when we talked about story structure, we talked about kind of these archetypes, these tools of story structure, because we've found those are, can be very successful. And things that don't follow that can be very interesting still, but most stories are going to have this beginning, middle, end. Yeah. You know, and your, your ecology that you use in your fantasy world doesn't even have to be weird. Yeah. But at least take the chance to step outside of Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're traveling through Kilimanjaro and the Ngorogoro Crater, like something inspired by Tanzania or by Malaysia or by whatever, instead of just, oh, good, Germany again. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where you should push yourself um, as writers. I think that this is an area that there's still a lot of room to explore in all the various forms of science fiction and fantasy. Yeah. And while I, I'm usually saying that, in fact, you don't need to go and experience stuff to be able to write about it, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say that actually taking some time to go out and camp someplace where there's not a lot of light pollution is worthwhile because that's something you can apply to a lot of different aspects of your writing. I uh, was doing a Skype visit to a school mm. a month ago. And uh, they, that one of the questions they asked was partials. You know, the characters are always traveling in the wilderness and you seem to know so much about camping and about how to survive in the middle of nowhere. How do you know all of that? And I happened to be, I'm a scoutmaster and I was wearing my uniform because I was about to leave and go. So I just kind of panned the camera down and said, well, I have a lot of experience with that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, uh, Wesley, any last words about things you experienced when you were doing this you didn't expect? That I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Or that people get wrong. You know, um, one thing that I never realized how much I missed was first time, the first couple of days, uh, obviously you can only bring a certain amount of food mm-hmm. with you to the trip. So we had, you know, ginger tea, um, certain African foods, and, you know, what they consider Western foods. And that was great. It was fantastic. By day six of eating the exact same thing, people weren't eating. Mm. And it's, it's something that, you know, variety mm. of, really of food interesting. And, and how yeah. it affects the psyche. Because I mean, we were losing track of days. We were, you know, people were actually would rather be weak than eat the you know, exact same damn banana over and over again. So, wow. I mean, think about what your, people are, what your characters are packing. Because that, you know, if you're on a quest 
and you're only eating the vaccine, you know, one thing at a time, then. Excellent. Yeah, that's, that's a really yeah. good point. Um, we are out of time on this podcast, and I actually am forcing Wes to do our writing prompt as well. So what are, what, what's the writing prompt? Okay, so this is an exercise I like to do a lot is take a, take a short story or, 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 or something you've already written. Take the two main characters, the, take, the, the main, take the main character and the villain, swap their personalities, and write what happens with them. Wow, that's a yeah. cool exercise. All right, this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.